0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the School of Greatness podcast. I am very excited about today's guest. His name is Brad Lomanick, and he's a strategic advisor and leadership consultant specializing in influence and innovation. He is the author of The Catalyst Leader, Eight Essentials for Becoming a Change Agent, and also a brand new book that I'm excited to talk about and dive in today, which is called Be Humble, Stay Hungry, and Always Hustle, Three Things that I'm Always Living by, Humility, Hunger, and hustle. Uh, So I'm excited to dive in and hear about the strategies that Brad talks about in his book. And he's got 20 key habits for how to really be a better leader and have more influence. So we're going to talk about some of those. We're also going to talk about the importance of your identity, your calling, and your assignment, and what to not mix up. Because sometimes we get our assignment and our identity mixed up when we end something. When we end an assignment, We have our identity attached to that. So he's going to talk about how to process transition in our lives, how to let go of identity for certain things we used to do, and really how to move forward in an influential way. And he talks about three key ways to be more influential. So I'm very excited for you guys to dive into this. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with the one, the only Brad Lomanick. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. Flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato, so you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store, and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest today. His name is Brad Lominick. Brad, how's it going, man?
1: It's great Lewis. How
0: are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited this is the first time we've connected. I've seen your name out there for a while and I saw your book uh kind of the cover and the buzz about it coming out recently and I was like it's a great title cuz it's got the word humble, hungry and hustle in it and uh yeah. and I was like that's what I'm all about. And that was one of the essences of my book was a chapter it was called hustle. So for me I was like this guy this guy gets it. And uh you know you're an author, you're you talk about leadership a lot. And I'm curious, why did you come out with, with this book and what inspired you to do this?
1: Well, this book for me is, is my life mantra. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when people say, how do you define leadership? Uh, I, I go to two things. One, I go to Maxwell's definition, which is leadership is influence. And the second thing is I talk about these three H's, humble, hungry, and hustle. And I've been talking about those since I was in college. Uh, you know, Everybody who sort of brings that question up it's always, that's my posture. You know, the three-legged stool of my leadership chair is, is those three words. And, Mm. you know, so for, for 20 years, I've been trying to live it out. And, um, I was, you know, at a place in life in the last couple of years where I had some opportunities to start to, to put some, some of my message and my life and career as you have into a book form and, you know, conversations with the publishers, you know, they always sort of ask you, Hey, what's, what's important to you and what stands out. And I brought that one up and they all just sort of stopped and they said, okay, hold on. Like, let's re- rewind. Hmm. And, you know, so H three as just this posture and this, uh, this sense of, of the three legged stool of leadership really became the anthem, uh, for the book and the title. And it worked from a cover perspective. You know how that, important that is, but for me, it's really been a life mantra.
0: Yeah. Now, humble, can you be confident and humble at the same time?
1: Yeah. I mean, no question. I, I, I think, uh, the people who are the best leaders are both confident and humble. Mm. And, you know, it's the idea of, of appropriate ambition. You know, it's the idea of healthy ambition. It's that posture that says, I realize that I'm really good at what I do, but I also realize that there's a bigger story going on and I'm not the center of the, of attention. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the center, the, the point of the story happening. And but you you never shy away from from that sense that you're walking into something with complete confidence that you're the best at what you do. Right. Um, and man, that's it's, it's not easy, though. <laughs> like I, we, we we run into leaders all the time who who are incredibly humble but do nothing. Right. Like, you know, I, I people are like, oh, I just want to be humble, Brad. Like, well, that's great. But if you're not doing anything, if you're, just, if you're just sitting around going, it's not about me, then mm. that's just as bad in many ways as somebody who is the other side of that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's like a dance because you know I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this a lot lately because you know, I had this book come out and people are asking on my book tour, you know, how are you going to stay humble through all the success you get and for the years coming, how are you going to stay humble? And I said, listen, for me, it's a dance because I'm, I know that I need to be confident because confidence is what got me here. Mm -hmm. and I get to continue to be confident in my vision, and my dreams, and pursue it with uh, an unwavering passion. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to create something powerful from just an idea without any evidence of it happening. But I was like, in the results that you're creating and, and in the journey along the way, I practice a ritual of humility and gratitude every morning, every night. I'm constantly asking people, what are they grateful for? It's on my voicemail. You know, I say, if you want to leave me a message, tell me what you're grateful for because I feel like I need to be in that conversation. Otherwise, I could easily get caught up in the success and the results and people, you know, saying great things about me here and there and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, my stuff doesn't stink or whatever. Right. Um, So I think that's why it's important for us to have like these rituals and habits in place. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's really easy to be humble when you have nothing uh, to be proud of. Right you know, like when you haven't accomplished anything, man, people are really humble uh it's the hard part is when you start to Ooh, I like to, that just stack up you know lots of accomplishments and accolades, and you know that's when it's most important to have a have a system posture accountability uh self awareness in place that says, you know what like i I realize that that I've worked hard, but still at the end of the day this is it's not about me mm. and you know there there is a huge sense among people. In the highest levels of of power and influence and authority, um, when when you're around them, you immediately know whether they are walking in a confident humility or they're walking in an arrogant humility.
0: I agree, and you know it's interesting. Someone that I talked to recently, I think you know, uh, Maxwell John Maxwell. Yeah, um, are you friends with him? Or
1: I am. I worked for John for many years. Wow. Yeah,
0: you know I interviewed him on the podcast recently, and I was blown away by his humility and. You know, Just his – he was so gracious. And I was like, here's a guy – and maybe – I don't know. Maybe he's different behind closed doors. I don't know. But from my experience of him, he was so gracious, so humble, where he's like sold millions and millions of copies of books, speaks in front of hundreds of thousands of people every year, and has this big platform. But he was just like so humble and yeah, grateful. And I was like, wow, this guy could just blow me off and give me whatever answers. But he was so just – I was like – it was like he wanted just to, to hang out, and I was like, "I'm a nobody for, compared to you, but you're willing to still connect with me on that level." And I was like, "That's amazing."
1: And I think that's, uh, and I can, I can testify I've, from working for John and working around John and traveling with John, and uh, you know, John is the real deal. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about John, which you found so true in your conversation, which is true in the way he lives his life, is in every environment he walks into, um, he makes other people the center of attention. Yeah. And man, that if I can live that out as a as a humble leader, because what he's doing is he's walking in with a posture that says, "I know I'm a big deal," but I realize that that I that part of my posture of being a humble, confident leader is I have to make others around me a big deal mm. because it's really easy for me to walk into any environment and be the center of attention. Right. So and say, look know, at the,
0: me. Let's let's all talk about me
1: and this and that. Exactly. Yeah. And the responsibility is on him in that situation to 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 decide you know what am i going to make it about me or am i going to make it about others and wow. that's that has to be like again the more we the more we steward the more we the more we accomplish the more we have to be intentional about this posture of saying i realize i'm really good at what i do i am i can be the center of attention but i have to force and be intentional about making others really the focus
0: yeah I like that. So, what's a good practice for us being humble and confident at the same time? Is there something that you recommend for people? Is there someone who does it really well that you know their routine? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know one of the things um, for those who lead teams, uh, for for people who are running organizations or have people around them that uh, are part of their staff, is you know if if you're a type A, which I am, and I'm, I'm sure you are, like part of our our Posture has to be that we let our ego leak about others, and you know I've heard people um, I've heard people say that that it's really hard for me not to talk about myself. Well, you know what I get that, like I understand because you're accomplishing a lot of things. So part of what you have to be willing to do is just man brag about the people around you, mm-hmm. like make them the heroes of the yeah. story. And this is something that we can all do because we're so good at it yeah. most of the time. If we're if we're good at what we do, like we're really good at talking about ourself but just turn it on somebody else and and let your ego leak like just let your ego leak constantly about your staff about your team about the people around you you know we watch the athletes do this and it and actually it's so endearing when we watch an athlete who reflects the praise yes uh and you know many times they take the criticism but they reflect the praise so that that's one practical thing is if if you're constantly thinking, man, I want to talk about myself, just turn it on others.
0: Yeah, great coaches do that too. You know, it's like yeah. we, we it's all about the players, about what they did or I'm responsible if we messed up.
1: Yes, exactly. I, yeah. You know,
0: I made the bad call. I should have done something else. I take that ownership, but my team, my players did great. Okay, so that's the humble part. Now, hungry, for me this is hungry and hustle kind of come like hand in hand in a sense because You've got to be hungry to to want something in my mind you've got to be hungry for it you've got to go after it and then you've got to put in the work time in and time out until you build a momentum and the leverage where the work becomes a different type of work the hustle yeah. um, so talk to me about hunger and how does someone what is hunger to you? How does someone get hungry if they don't know what they want' they're not pa- they don't know what they're passionate about, they feel stuck how do you get hungry and that do you and then how do you stay hungry
1: yeah. Well, I think at the at the end of the day, being a hungry leader is you realize that you haven't arrived yet. Mm. And that that once even once you have arrived that you're still not there. You know, that I, I love John Wooden's quote from his years of coaching UCLA. He said he said it's what you learn after you know it all that really counts. Uh and <laughs> even having John Maxwell on, you know, you listen to John talk about his life and he's still going for it. He's sixty eight. Yeah. And the guy is still like he he's as passionate and as, as hungry as he's ever been. And, you know, many times as leaders, we, we arrive at a certain level and we just coast. And I, so I think the biggest part of being a hungry leader is saying, I'm, I've never arrived. I'm never there yet. I'm constantly getting better. And, you know, the idea that leaders are learners, yeah. uh, we're, we're constantly improving, you know? And so even in the book, the, the idea of, of habits come into play when it comes to this idea of being a hungry leader. Um, and the habits are connected to all three of these: the idea of humble, hungry, and hustle. But you know, a habit of innovation is a good example of one of the habits that the, the idea that you know what, like part of our job as leaders is to constantly be willing to mm. push the envelope and 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 try to try to get better on a consistent basis. You know?
0: what does that mean? Is for like an entrepreneur, I'd say someone who's got uh, you know a business and they've got their core product or service that is their bread and butter. They're making six to seven figures a year with the same programs, courses, content. Are you saying that in order to stay hungry that they should be pushing the envelope and not just say, okay, we're just going to keep doing the same things over and over, but we're going to look for new programs to create new products, new ways of putting content out there? Is that what you mean or is it something else?
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's both part of the, the product you create and the service you provide, but also the type of leader you are personally. And you know, again, so many of us as leaders, when we think about our own personal leadership, we when we have a little bit of success, we start to protect and hoard. Mm. We start to like just just own everything we have and pull it in as close as possible and keep it from from both being messed up, potentially, as well as keep it from being released out to others. And man, I, I think we have to just have a an approach as a hungry leader that says, man, I'm gonna every conversation I have. Every person I run into every every meeting I have is an opportunity for us to get better at what we do and and me personally as well you know so you it doesn't mean you change something because you just heard the latest greatest method mm. that might have been put in, put in front of you it's that you're always taking that in and then having some sort of filtering process that says i'm going to be open to the opportunity that this might be be something that we can implement into whatever we do right and you know that's that's again that 's a posture that says i 'm hungry i 'm willing to learn. I realize that that i don 't have it all figured out Right. Um, and it's so easy for us to get to that point when we have some success that that we start to protect our system that we created, and many times the system we created is the one that 's going to keep us from actually going to the next level
0: right. What about people that don 't even know what their level is or what their, <laughs> their their purpose is their mission is? You talk about you know, identity calling and assignment. Yeah. What is, you know, how do we discover these things and what's the formula or what's the process for, you know, I don't know what I want. I'm not sure what, it, how do we know what my mission is? And yeah. what if it changes? What What's the process?
1: Well, that's huge. And, um, you know, that, that comes back to this idea of self-awareness yeah, and, and also calling. And I know you've talked a lot about on this podcast and with other leaders about calling and this idea of the sweet spot, mm-hmm. you know, that intersection where your strengths and passions come together. And I, and I've, I've wrestled with this in my own experience in the last couple of years. I, I started, was part of starting something called catalyst and we grew it for, you know, 50, the last 15 years. And I recently stepped out of running it uh, just because I wanted to pursue some other things and I'm still involved. I still help. But you know, when I stepped away from catalyst, which was 12 years for me of an identity, I really had to wrestle with, hmm. with, with what is it that that I'm supposed to do with my life, and and who am I really? Like if I'm the Catalyst guy, everybody loved Catalyst Brad. Like they, mm. you know, everybody you an wanted identity to around me. that
0: brand. Yeah,
1: exactly. And and as soon as I stepped away, it's you like, know, who is are my, you? <laughs> is my identity gone now? Mm. Like, does anybody care anymore? And yeah, so I, I, I to,
0: felt the same thing with football. You know, I was playing football, and that was exactly. my life. And then when I got injured, I was like, who am I? You know, what am I doing for the rest of my life now?
1: Yeah. And so to, you know, to, when you think about identity, assignment, and calling, uh, let me say them the correct way, identity, calling, and then assignment. Identity is who you are. It's 30,000 foot level. It should be unchanging. As, uh, calling is, is the why in your life. It's the purpose. It's why am I here? And that's where your strengths and passions come together. And then assignment is what do I do? So hmm. we got to make sure that assignment and identity don't get wrapped up in, in the wheel, uh, incorrectly together. And
0: so, so can you clarify you know, what yours are just so we can get an example?
1: Yeah. So my identity is I'm Brad Lominick. You know, I'm, I'm a son of Jerry and Penny. I grew up in Oklahoma. You know I mean? I live in Atlanta. Like those are unchanging things right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my calling is that I, I have a sense on my life that my purpose is, is to influence the influencers mm. and the other people have had that one. That's not It's not only mine, you know, I can't take credit for it, but my, I feel like my role is to gather, equip and inspire leaders. Mm -hmm. Now the assignment for me, Lewis has been, I've had four seasons of assignment. I worked on a guest ranch in Colorado. I was part of a small consulting firm. I worked with John Maxwell for a few years and then I ran catalyst. Those are, those are been my four seasons of assignment. But if I would have looked at those and felt like those were my identity, then all of a sudden when I walk away from those, then my identity is – I have an identity crisis versus looking at it and going, no, that assignment was just a chapter of the book. Wow. I like that approach. That, that, makes, that takes all the pressure off yourself. Exactly. And, and so calling is in that middle spot, and that's, that's really the, that's the, the hinge. That's really the, the place where mm. you take your identity and your assignments and you give them clarity. So oh, I like I can, that. I can do a lot of things in life now for the next 20 years uh, that will still fit into my calling of influencing influencers.
0: So let me see, I'll, I'll, I'll share what I think mine is then. And then you can tell me if I'm on the right track. So people, I think people should go through this identity calling an assignment for themselves just so they can get clear on it. Uh, my identity is my name's, you know, I'm Lewis Howes. I'm from, uh, uh, a small town in Ohio, the youngest of four kids, my parents, Diana and Ralph. And I, uh, I've traveled the world and lived in many different places. Would that be an identity? Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything I'm missing there, or would I, in brief terms, I guess?
1: No, that's good. And and again, identity is who you are. It's just gotcha. it's simply answering the question of who you are, and uh, and it's unchanging. Gotcha. It's it's things in life that will that will never change about you.
0: Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of just you. For instance, the song you stream over and over again while you're in your 13th hour of gaming at 4 a.m. in the morning with all the lights off trying not to wake up your roommates, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are the best to listen to on your way to the gym and back, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you, makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you and the ability to choose the plan that you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. My calling is to inspire a hundred million people and show them how to make a full-time living doing what they love. I love it. Cause I, I, personally believe that that's, what's going to heal people and make them the most fulfilled when they're making a full-time income, doing what they love. That could be working for somewhere else. That could be working on a team. It could be, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur that like, it doesn't have to be making millions. It just means you're making a full-time income to support yourself and other, your family doing what you love. And then my assignment right now is, you know, the School of Greatness and the, the mission that I have behind that and the, the podcast, the book, the programs uh, and, and those things. Would that be right?
1: Yeah, that's great. Okay. And again, uh, for, for everybody listening, again, it's, d- this is not rocket science and don't make it so hard. <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's the key is like so many people, they sit around and they, they just have – they get paralyzed by the, you know, the, the sense that they have to make theirs sound great or they have to make it sound like it should be in the, in the pages of a book you know, it's, it's really simple, like who you are, why you're here and what you do, who you are, why you're here, what you do. Yeah. And, and if, if you're what you do, then gives expression to w- why you're here. And then your, why you're here reflects who you are, then you you're matching all those up. And we, we should never walk through life though, and feel like that, that walking away from a season of assignment is, is a, is a, you know, is a killing of our identity. Mm-hmm. And And this is, this is so important for young leaders right now because the average 25-year-old is going to have maybe up to 15 different assignments in their career. The whole new gig economy, the free agent economy, it's, it's upon us. you know. And, and where the old days, my dad had one career. like He was 40 yeah. years in the same industry, whether he liked it or not. And the 25-year-old today is going to walk through multiple seasons of assignment. And if they don't get their calling right – and they don't understand their true identity, they're going to be schizophrenic as it relates to the assignments they have.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It's so simple, but it's, uh, it's, it could be one of those powerful things you do if you know those three things and you don't associate your assignment with your identity. Yes, because exactly right. then you'll, you know, I associated my assignment playing football with my identity. Yeah. And for two years, I was depressed and miserable and missing out and feeling sad for myself.
1: Right, and I mean, I've, uh, you You have lots of friends who are probably still playing yeah. and and they're gonna walk away at twenty eight thirty thirty two yeah. and they're gonna they're gonna look at life and go, "Oh my gosh, I have no reason or purpose for existence exactly and it's just not true that that's an assignment for them. A football career is an assignment it's not it 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 reflects their identity and it re- should reflect their calling, but it should not take the place of their identity
0: right What do you think is the most important habit that we can? Have, as individuals,
1: yeah. I, I think today um, two things. And I, if you'll if you'll give me the uh, freedom to have two, sure. uh, one is more internal, and one is external. I think the habit of authenticity and of openness of of self awareness is crucial. You know, if you're not an authentic leader today, you're going to have a really hard time uh, having people that will that will want to follow you or that actually will follow you. And you know, this is this is so true more than ever because of the fact that we live in a world of fake. And yeah. the more real we are, the more influence we'll have. So that, that would be the first one uh, on the internal side of how you lead. The second would be the external, which is a habit of execution. And I, I, I just believe in, the, in the, the current landscape of leadership with free agency, with, with hierarchies that are flattening, um, with so many more entrepreneurs than we've ever had, with, with small organizations that a habit of execution is crucial. Like you have the old days of you being able to sit in the corner office and drink spritzers and <laughs> bark out commands, you know, and, and, uh, you, you had a command and control style. You were never willing to get your hands dirty that th- those days are over. Now, there's still a few corporations and large you know industries that exist that that's not true. And, but most of the leadership landscape is now built around a very, an environment that says I'm willing to get my hands dirty yeah. and I'm willing to to not only get in the game with you and be beside you in the trenches, but we realize that the greatest form of us being able to move things forward is actually getting things done. And it has to, you know, uh, if you read Seth Godin, which I do, and I know you do, Mm -hmm. like Seth has been barking this for 10 years. And it's so true now that you just have to be a, you have to have a culture that shifts. You have to have a culture that says, we're going to push it across the finish line. We're going to score a touchdown. We're going to make things happen and get things done.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the third thing you talk about is always hustle. And for some yeah. people, they might think, man, I have to always hustle for the rest of my life. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> what do you mean by what's hustle mean to you and, and how do we do it and how long do we have to do it for?
1: Well, hustle is, again, it's a posture and it's, it's something that says you're willing to work your guts out when the time requires that to be so. Um, it's interesting, you know, even some of the habits that are in the hustle bucket in the book, there's a habit of generosity. Mm -hmm. That is, that helps define what hustle is. There's a habit of margin. You know, it's so important that we, that we work hard as well as we play hard and Mm -hmm. that we also rest hard. And if you're not setting up margin in your life as part of your hustle mentality, then you're going to, one, you're going to burn out really fast, but two, you're, you're going to redline so much that uh, you'll probably end up just killing yourself. And you, we have to, and the, another part of hustle is, is generosity. Like what does it look like for you to actually realize that the greatest form of your leadership being successful is for it to add value to other people. You know, so you got to take a hustle posture, not just I mean part of it is to get things done and work your guts out, but it's also that idea that you you take all the areas of life and you bring such a level of intensity to those that you're pushing the ball forward. And right. it's it's all the areas that have to be done well and not just that you're overworking yourself or you're staying till ten o'clock at night and you're working eighty hours. Right. Uh, that that's that's part of it potentially in certain seasons. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you now define yourself by I can outwork anyone.
0: All right. Eighty hours a week for the rest of my life. Yeah. and John talked about that too. He's like, you know, I'd say, is there a way to have, you know, balance in life? He's like, it's not possible because (laughs) we we go through seasons, you know, sometimes you're in the playoffs and you're going to be working nonstop and then you're going to have an off season to recover and you're not going to be working much at all. You're going to be reflecting and, um, you know, and then there's other times where you're maintaining. So it's just, I think we've got to learn to listen to our body, um, learn to listen to, you know, the people around us, our companies, things like that, and be willing to ebb and flow with as things come and go. Right.
1: Yeah, and it, it's also just a, a willingness that says, I want to be the best in the world at what I do. You yeah. know, have a, a, a standard of excellence is, is part of this idea of hustle as well as hungry, but you know, that that my goal is to be the best in the world and I keep I continue to sort of raise that level of standard, uh, not because it's all about me, but because I want to create something that's done well. Yeah. And, you know, this is this is the this is the ultimate expression many times of of how we receive accolades or success. You know, like your book doesn't make the best seller list just because you worked hard right. I and mean, that's part of it. It doesn't even right? ma- it
0: doesn't even matter if you write a great book. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah I mean, if no one gets to see it, if you don't promote it in front of people, then no one's going to read it.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, the other side of that is if it's not good, then right. you know people won't pass it along. And exactly. so it has to be both a posture that says I'm willing to, you know, to get it done, but I also have to create something that's really done well.
0: Yeah. I like
1: that. What's your definition of leadership? You know, I, I still live by the premise that leadership is influence. You know, and, and Mac, that's Maxwell. That's John Maxwell. You heard it on your conversation with him, and mm-hmm. and I would echo that, um, that it's not about title. It's not about position. It's not about authority. Um, I believe the the leaders who are leading well today are the ones that are out in front, uh, not just not just in charge. Um, so, But I would leave it at that core of leadership is influence, and that means that we're all leaders because we're all – uh, neighbors we're all mm-hmm. fathers and and mothers we're all you know we're all part of a community we're all part of an organization we're co-workers so we all have influence at some mm-hmm. level yeah.
0: for someone listening and they think you know what i'd like to be more influential well, what are some in, in today's age what do you think are some things maybe a few things that people could do to increase their influence
1: yeah well and especially if you're somebody who is um is looking at the landscape of your place in life and let's assume that they're saying, I want to, I want to continue to kind of raise the standard as well as climb the ladder. Yeah. Uh, One, one thing would be that you, you need to start acting, leading, speaking, uh, dressing, having conversations like the position you want next. Mm. And and this is, this is so true in football and in sports. You know, when you're the, when you're the, when you're the second string, uh, when you're the backup, you have to show up to practice every day like you're the starter. Yeah. Cuz you never know when you're going to get put in. Exactly. And and many of us, many of us we we spend so much of our energy thinking about the next thing or the next promotion or the next position or the next opportunity and we lose sight of the the current realities. And I would say, man, just kill it in your current. Like just absolutely mm. be the best in the world at what you do in your current because that's the greatest Opportunity for you to show and express how you will kill it in the next. Yeah. And and the way you kill it in the now is you take your assignment, you do it well, but you also start to you start to to think and 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 act and talk um, and show up with the same level of commitment that you would have in that next level. So if you're a mid-level manager and you say, Brad, I would love to be a VP in my company, you know what? Start watching the VPs that are in your company and start emulating or modeling. The things that they're doing, or the, the the expectations they have on their life, the accountability that they have to live out, and you'll start to see that slowly but surely um, bring a new level of accountability to your own world. Yeah, and you know you can't just wait until you step into that next role before you start acting like you're already in it. Mm, I love so that. It. That that would be one. Um, you know, a second one is man, we've never lived in a in an in an age, Lewis, and this is. Why I love your podcast. Like we've never lived in an age where we have excuses anymore of, of, right. of not being learners and people will, will still show up and they'll say, well, I don't have an MBA or I, you know, I, I never really got to go and finish college. Um, I, I, I don't have any opportunities to go to conferences, man. You have so many conferences that are at your disposal. Yeah, exactly. Online conferences too, that are free. You know, absolutely. Like-, like there's just no excuse anymore. So You know, find a few things that you really have a passion for and start digging into those and become a student, become a student. Um, And and when I say student, I mean uh, part of your posture as a young up and coming leader or even if you're, you know, mid level or mid age is find people who you really admire and reach out to them. Like there's a lot of people who still will email me or email you that I respond to Mm -hmm. and the, you know, I've never, I've always tried as as far up the ladder as I've gone and that's not very far, but as far up the ladder I've gone, I've always tried to be willing to reach back down the ladder and pull people up next to me. Mm. And this is true of great leaders. Like they are more, they are always willing if time allows and if schedule is, is okay to help people along their journey, but you've got to reach out to them. Yeah. So don't, you know, you, you did this, like your story is, is <laughs> such a model of this idea of being willing to, to get in the messy, awkward places and, yeah. and start asking people for advice. And can I have a few minutes of your time? Can I ask you a few questions? And most people will say yes, yep. they just will. Um, but, but don't ever let that excuse of, of where you sit. Oh, you know, woe is me. Nobody cares. Nobody's willing to talk to me or, or respond to me. That's just not true anymore.
0: Yeah. I love that couple questions left for you, Brad. Yeah. And before I ask them, I want to make sure that people go check out the book. It's called Be Humble, Stay Hungry, Always Hustle. And it's 20 key habits great leaders have in common um, that are throughout the book. There's some great habits. You guys know that I'm a big fan of habits and rituals, so I definitely recommend checking it out. I'll also have, have it linked up here at the end in the show notes, so I'll tell you guys where to go for that, but you can get it on Amazon. And um, what's the best site to check out what you're up to, Brad?
1: Yeah, um, people can check out the book site is h 3 leadershipcom dot com. Okay, and then my site is just my name, Brad Lomenick, L-O-M-E-N-I-C-K dot com. So those are the two best places, and nice. then all the social media outlets. I'm just my my full name at Brad Lominick.
0: Okay, cool. We'll have those all linked up here in a moment on the show notes. Um, two final questions. Uh, this is something I ask at the end of every episode, and one is the three truths question. So if, uh, if your book was erased and everything you've ever created was gone, and you had a piece of paper and a pen to write down the three things you know to be true about life, and that would be the message that you give to the world, that's all they would know from you, what would those three truths be?
1: Mm, man, I love this question. Uh, I, th- I think um, the first one would be that family matters, uh, the second one would be that faith is not only important, but it's the, it's the, the biggest story happening, and that uh, my story connected to a larger faith story in the sense of, of me as a believer, as somebody who follows God, is the best thing for me to live for. Um, the third would be this, that the people who go with me on the journey, if I don't finish well with them... Then my life has not been a success. Mm. And so, uh, family, faith, and friends. I mean, if, if I had to sort of wrap those three into the three F's, that would Mm. be, that would be it. There you go.
0: I love it. Before I ask the final question, Brad, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you because I feel like there are not enough people like you out there who are able to create information and serve people on such a high level that makes it simple for us to figure out what our purpose is, our identity, and how to take the seasons of life. So I am very grateful and acknowledge you for how you show up in the world. You are very humble and it comes across and you're such a clear communicator that it serves a lot of people. So thanks for all that you do.
1: Well, thanks, man. And and just, I think the last thing for me to say would be you know, people ask me now, like at 42, Brad, like, what's the rest of the story? You know, leadership, catalyst, like you built something. And my, my story is for 20 years, I feel like I've been building a platform that would create influence. And I think the next 20 years, I'm going to be leveraging that platform for others' gain. Mm. I love it. I love it. Final
0: question. What's your definition of
1: greatness? My definition of greatness is that other people around me thrive and flourish.
0: There you go. Brad Lomenick, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us today. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Lewis. You're awesome, man. Keep up the great work. Thank you.
0: And there you have it, gang. What a powerful episode with my friend, Brad. Thank you guys for sticking around. Let me know what you enjoyed the most out of this. Go back to the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 263 and tweet me at lewishouse what you enjoyed the most from this episode today about influence, about leadership, about calling identity. Again, lewishouse.com slash 263. We do this every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we've got some big things coming up next year. The year is about to wrap. I'm excited. I'm going to go in hibernation mode. Thank you guys for sticking around. Make sure to check out Brad as well and his websites. We've got it all linked back at lewishouse.com slash 263. I love you guys. Thank you. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.